Welcome to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams, and I am joined as always by... Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as we continue our celebration and acknowledgement of Black Music Month, this week we will be spending time with 2009, This Is It. The documentary slash behind the scenes footage slash concert film detailing what was unfortunately Michael Jackson's unfinished final tour of the same name, This Is It. Uh, This Is It, 2009, by director Kenny Ortega. Mm -hmm. But before we get into all that, we like to follow up with all the follow-ups that you have brought our way via all the social medias, including email, where MC yeah. Picket Fence sent us a letter. Yo, you guys did an incredible review on Beat Street. Oh. One of my favorite hip-hop movies of all time, right there with Wild Style. Mm-hmm. Beat mm-hmm. Street has a slight edge to it. I just knew Len was going to hate this movie. <laughs> This is a must-see movie for anyone that says they love hip-hop. Now, here's the three degrees of separation on my love for this movie. Okay. Kenny's friend Charlie, played by Leon W. Grant, Mm -hmm. who also starred on a children's show on PBS in the early 80s called 321 Contact. Wow. Which inspired a song off my last album. Wow. Nice way to, like... uh, Pushing that plug there. That's, hey, that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, P.S. When he says shine your light on the world. How could you all not love those slow jams who nobody <laughs> knew who they were? I think I taped them right off the movie and put them on mixtapes back in the day. Sure you did. That's a nice pull, though. Three, two, one, contact. Yeah, I remember yeah, that show. Nice you remember, that, remember that? I uh, do. That? I do. I actually have fond memories for all of those sort of late 70s, early 80s PBS programming. Hmm. You remember Zoom? Do you remember Zoom? Come on. Zoom, 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 Zoom. Hey, hey, hey. What was the plot of Zoom? What'd they do on Zoom? Oh, wow. You, it, it, I think, wasn't it just basically? Hey, man, that was a trick question. I don't know. I don't know. I just remember the song. No, I mean, it was like the electric company, though, if I remember. So it was like skits. It was like skits. And then they had on like outfits. Remember, they all wore outfits. Yeah, everybody wore outfits. It was the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody had, you know, the colors. (laughs) (laughs) Weird thing. It's a very, very weird. (laughs) Weird. Yeah, Zoom. I do remember Zoom. We reviewed Beach Street. Yes. Yes, we did. And the Michelle Missionaries had plenty of comments. Don Miskell said, I remember hey, up, this Don? one very well. Azor Risbrook said, yay, hey, I missed up, you Azor? guys. And we missed you. Jay Webb, classic, definitely my favorite hip-hop movie. Yeah, yeah. Lance Hansen. What's up, Lance? It's no rapping. <laughs> but. But then what is? What is? I, I think it's fair to say that rapping is the Citizen Kane of hip-hop films set in Pittsburgh. That would be totally unfair. Steve Tozen says... <laughs> Fellas, New Zealand accents are like Australian accents, except every phrase sounds like a question. 
Okay. To okay. which Markham Lee says it's similar to Australian, but different, sort of like Jamaican versus Trini. They sound the same to the untrained ear, but they're definitely different. Okay. Okay. Maybe we should hear from someone from New Zealand. Yes, maybe we should. Maybe you should talk about. But I did hear that the person who recommended us to New Zealand. Okay. Was Robert Monroe. Well, thank you, Robert. Who left a comment about our Beat Street review saying that it was a great review. The subway battle scene reminded me of Capoeira in its combination of dance and acrobatics. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think you are not the first or fifth person to link the two forms. He also says that the earliest predictor of what hip hop would become that I ever heard came from Annabella Wynn, the lead singer from the UK band Bow Wow Wow. I saw them perform in Boston in 1983. Before coming to Boston, they had played in New York City, saw a rap group, and invited said group to open a few shows for them. I was excited to see the group perform because at that time, I had never seen rap performed live. When the rap group got on the stage, the audience began giving them a hard time. The group tried their best to put on a show, but left the stage after a fight almost broke out between the group and the audience. When Bow Wow Wow took to the stage, Annabella began telling the audience that they were ignorant, that rap music was the next music that will hit big, and she said, all of your children will be listening to this music. Mm. They'll be using it to sell breakfast cereal. Mm. The audience laughed at her, but I'll be darned if she wasn't right. That's right. That's right. I think it was Prince who opened for the Rolling Stones and, mm-hmm. and got booed. Yeah. And, you know, you got to watch yourself with those opening acts. Amen. Because history will come back and bite you in the butt. Anthony Sterling says, I just hey, finished up, listening and man, if y'all ain't got me looking to watch Beat Street when my behind <laughs> need to be asleep. Awesome review, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. And hope you enjoyed it. And sleep is overrated. <laughs> Why, yes, it is. Um, Steve Tozen also posed a question to you, Vince. He wants to know, can we read your dissertation? The (laughs) one that you did on Octavia Butler. I mean, you can. It's it's not quite as exciting as it sounds, but yeah, absolutely. All right. We got an email from Eric Washington. Hey, what's up, Eric? Subject line, Black Film Triage. Bruss, the mission is my new narcotic. Oh, I'm on a deep dive binge on the through the archives and I expect to be caught up in a couple of few. My jump in was the may I have another (laughs) may of terrible black cinema. We take the hits for you made a quick way back trip and listened to the belly episode (laughs) and just finished up on JD's revenge. Two films that easily could have been in May I Have Another. Uh, (laughs) These are two beloved but highly flawed films, which got me to thinking, what if you could perform a surgical procedure on films that have underperformed, Mm -hmm. were undercooked, or too underground to find critical slash commercial success? Do over cinema. Remakes, if done with care and style, can be profitable in coin and tribute to the source. I believe I've stumbled upon a path that a billy that that a belly remake can take that would do just that. But I'm still working out the 
algorithm on JD's revenge and subsequent specimens. Yeah. May I submit my findings for your consideration or for when you're stumped for topics? Yeah, please do. Yeah. And I think that's a great topic. It I, is. I, I think it's a great topic. I think so many of, and, and we, we, we've touched upon this mm-hmm. every now and then. I think so many of our films, a lot of times the way they're received isn't necessarily because of the quality of the film, but because the the publicity machine didn't know how to sell it. Right. So, you know, I think absolutely so many films. A ton of them, yeah. And then we've talked about films that, you know, with a tweak here or a tweak there, we think they'd be much more successful than they were. Yeah, because uh, we talked about um, uh, Blackula. Blackula, yeah, Blackula. I'm I'm actually surprised no one has remade Blackula. Even if you don't remake Blackula, if you just expound on that opening yeah. that actually is supposedly like takes place back in like the 1700s or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and just did like a whole prequel there. There's a story. Look, again, we're talking about tweaks. I think you can almost just remake the film. Like take the word Blackula out. Yeah, that's true. Spend more than $30 on makeup. And just remake it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a great story. Mm-hmm. You know, the execution obviously was uh, flawed, as they say. But yeah. Christopher Goodnight said, Hey, how, what's up, Chris? How long till Len and Vince cover the new Shaft? I just got out of it and I loved it. It was <laughs> okay. my first journey into the character. Oh, Christopher oh, Goodnight. You need to watch Gordon Parks' original film. Robert Monroe replied to Chris and said, I saw this this afternoon with my daughter. It was her first Shaft movie. Afterwards, we came home and watched Shaft, the original from 1971, Mm -hmm. and Shaft from 2000. Oh. We're hoping there will be another addition to the Shaft series. You know, I'm also a fan of Shaft's big score. Oh, okay. Which was the... Is that was that the the first sequel the first to the sequel. original? Right, that's that's it. Yeah. Before Shaft, where it's just another case. Yeah, right. yeah. See, like, and Shaft, it, it, you know, God bless you, Chris. I'm glad you loved the film. Yeah, but it didn't do well. Yeah, and it doesn't look good. And I don't think anyone expected it to do well. No, frankly, no. Even though it's a summer movie, so you yeah. expect them to get some kind of return on their investment. But, and I believe that it only cost thirty million dollars. It made like just short of ten, so maybe it'll break even. Right, right. But it right. doesn't look good, man. Plus, it's the comedy. Yeah, that is the sequel to an action movie. Right, like right. that. The two don't. Compute. You know what I think about? I think it was I think it was Fred Williamson, not Jim Brown, but it was Fred Williamson who said he didn't like Black Dynamite because Black Dynamite was a comedy, and to Fred Williamson, it was making fun of the genre of films that were serious. And I disagree with Fred Williamson about Black Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's so much more going on with Black Dynamite than just making fun. Right. But I thought about Fred Williamson when I saw the commercials for this shaft and his comment. Yeah. Like like they've, you know, turned it into a joke, which I don't I don't really get. But, I don't get I don't get either. Um But you know, God bless him and you know, I love me some Regina Hall, so I want everything that she does to 
I feel you. Succeed. I feel you. Um, and, you know, Fred Williamson, you know, God bless him. Something tells me if they had pulled up to his house and off- offered him a check to be in this iteration of Shaft, he'd be walking down the street in a red leather, red full length trench right next to Richard Roundtree. So he looked like more of a burnt orange. It's more of a burnt orange. Is it really? Trench. Because oh. I remember thinking. That's an interesting choice. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting choices <laughs> in that film, but who are we to say? Okplayer.com, real quick, just going through a couple of things here. Okay. They put out a listing about 11 essential black horror classics that aren't get out. Okay. Now, I'm not going to go through the listing. You can go to it. There's a link in our Facebook group and go to okplayer.com to check it out. But one of the films that they mention. Eve's Bayou. Huh. They consider that a horror flick due to its super being supernatural in nature, you know, touching on books. Yeah, 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 and absolutely. Like and, and, and they also say um, the the uh, writer of this piece, um, Danielle Scruggs, mentions that she included this as a horror film, even though she admits that people might think like she's stretching the point a little bit. Yes, yes, which which I do. She included it there because it's about the horror of the every every day, the horror of what happens when families keep secret or deny the truth that has been in front of them the whole time. Yeah, it's a stretch, but you know, I guess you could read it yeah. that way. I, I don't, I don't know. Like Doctor Strange is supernatural. Doctor in nature. Strange is absolutely supernatural. It's not a horror movie, right? You know, so I don't know if I I, I I go there, but hey, whatever gets more people to check to out that movie. By, I was just about to say that if that's what you need to watch Eve's by you, then yes. Yeah. Ooh, I saw Get Out and I like black horror movies now. Hey, you know what you should watch? Eve's, Eve's by you. you. Yeah. So, there you okay. Go. Uh, speaking of about films that's about to drop, Fast Color. Uh, Julia yeah. Hart directed film that first premiered at South by Southwest and stars Google and Batha Ross and Naya Sydney and Lorraine Toussaint yeah. uh, is now available for digital download. This movie is the story of a woman named Ruth who was forced to go on the run when her superhuman abilities are discovered. Now years after having abandoned her family, the only place she has left to hide is home. Yeah, I remember when this was coming out and then it was out very quickly and Mm -hmm. and went away. And I also read a couple of reports that the creators weren't happy with the way that the film's publicity was handled. And and I have to say, as as someone and, 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 you know, both of us who we travel extensively Mm -hmm. in blurred worlds, there's a fair amount of us who did not know about this. So so I actually buy the the read that the publicity was bungled back to the the earlier letter right. talking about, you know, something that could have been handled better mm-hmm. in tweaks. So but I'm looking forward to it. So am I. Yeah, it's very much on my radar. Also, I'm looking forward to uh, this is was on because of them. We can dot com mm-hmm. visionary filmmaker Ava DuVernay yes, is sir. working on a new project for Netflix, a documentary about music icon Prince Rogers Nelson. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Not only did Prince's estate 
handpicked DuVernay to direct the documentary. Yeah. The man himself blessed the film in a sense, uh, according to Deadline, before he passed passed away in 2016, Prince had reached out to the Queen Sugar creator directly about working together. Nice. Therefore, as a result, DuVernay has full access to Prince's archives, his recordings, and all of his unreleased material. That's got to be a hell of a phone call. Yeah. Hello, Ava DuVernay. (laughs) This is Prince. I have questions for you. Skins or blouses? (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm very much looking forward to this. Yeah, man. Uh, Markham Lee, this is interesting. Hey, what's up, Markham? Uh, in regards to this story, says, allow me to have a man moment. <laughs> Look what we started. <laughs> <laughs> but am I the only one crushing on Ava? Hey. The glasses and those cheekbones. Hey. Lord have mercy. Hey. Hey. This is a well-accomplished, well-established visionary and perhaps the most important, if not influential, because I go back to Tyler Perry for my argument for that, but maybe the most important black filmmaker of the past decade. Mm-hmm. Now, she fine as shit. <laughs> True enough. But True enough. You know. Dim Sum says when she showed up at the Oscars looking like Phyllis Hyman. <laughs> hey, y'all easy. Oh, excuse me. They just didn't use an expletive. Yes. <laughs> okay. But she fawn. <laughs> she is. I have been known to see Ms. DuVernay in interviews and in footage and say, all right, Ava, I'll see you. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Most definitely. All right. That's about it for now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into our review of Michael Jackson's This is it. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Support Black Podcasts. Talking My Team is the brainchild of two friends who are both passionate fans of football. JP and the mayor enjoy every facet of the game, but they never found one podcast where people sounded exactly like them. So they figured that the only way that they were going to get a perspective like the one that they have meant that they would have to produce it themselves and thus was born Talking My Team Podcast Network. Uncensored, raw, and most of all, a speak that is strictly from the fans' point of view. The definitive statement about the Talking My Team Podcast Network is, is as real as it gets. Go on to SoundCloud, support Talking My Team Network with JP and the mayor, the man, Dan Dinkins, Talking My Team Network. Support Black Podcast.
Yes, Marco. The man is here. We're all here because of him. May that continue with him leading the way. This is the moment. This is it. It's an adventure. It's a great adventure. You want to take them places that you've never been before. You want to show them talent like you've never seen before. One more time. I love you. I really do. We're family. Just know that. Michael has a depth to him that people don't really know. This is a dream come true. When MJ comes in the room, his presence is just amazing. That's why I write these kind of songs. It gives some sense of awareness and awakening and hope to people. The why at the center of everything that we're doing is so much about this. I feel so blessed that I can give the world that. A song for love, L-O-V-E. Michael Jackson's This Is It is a 2009 American documentary concert film directed by Kenny Ortega that documents Michael Jackson's rehearsals and preparation for the concert series of the same name scheduled to start on July 13th, 2009, but canceled due, his, to, due to his death 18 days prior on June 25th. It is the last film that Jackson starred in, and it is now the highest grossing concert movie and documentary in the history of cinema. The film consists of Jackson rehearsing musical numbers, directing his team, and additional behind-the-scenes footage, including dancer auditions and costume design. The film's director, Kenny Ortega, confirmed that none of the footage was intended for release, but after Jackson's death, Jackson's estate agreed that the film should be made. Mm -hmm. This is it on our second stop in our celebration of Black Music Month was the choice of Lynn Webb. What say you, Lynn, of 2009's Michael Jackson's This Is It? I think, well, I approached this film with a little bit of trepidation. Um, there was, like everything with Michael Jackson, there's controversy. <laughs> um <laughs> So the controversy of this was because this movie come came out seemingly like I think like within six months of his passing. Mm-hmm. The controversy was that you know like oh my god this is just a cash grab. I'm trying to you know the 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 creators of the tour, the people behind the tour, trying to get something, mm-hmm. sometime return on, on on investment on their um, for the tour which wouldn't happen. 
And there certainly is an, an aspect to the film that is that. I mean, let's let's face it. Yes. They were, you know, AEG Live, who I believe were the producers of the of the concert tour, they put in a ton of money mm-hmm. for this tour that Mike was Michael Jackson was about to do. And and you say tour in a loose sense. I mean, because originally when it were originally announced, it wasn't going to be a tour. It was basically him just setting up shop in London for a series of shows. Mm-hmm. And then like you were just going, people were just going to have to trek to London to see Michael Jackson. Right. Uh, but then they quickly announced a whole bunch of shows and everything like that. So, you know, yes, they wanted to make some money back on it, but they, and especially Kenny Ortega, who directed this and who also was the producer and choreographer of Michael's two previous tours mm-hmm. over like 10 or 20, even 20 years prior, they, um, you know, were adamant that, no, this they want to do this film as a way of showing what Michael meant to us. Right. And trying to at least give something back to his his large fan base. Right. Um, and in doing so, they hope to be able to give them a slice of what they were going to miss, you know, because it wasn't a tour. So they, they stitched together all this footage from the rehearsals that were actually done in Los Angeles and some... Uh, uh, filming of all of these different, you know, um, visual effects and aspects that were going to be part of the uh, part of this mega show that Michael was was planning, as well as pieces of them uh, rehearsing at the actual venue in right. London, and they stitched these all of this desperate material together to present as much of a concert film as they could. There are songs that are performed through the splicing and creative editing of all of these different pieces. They did that. But what they also hoped to do was give you something that you had never seen before or had been a long time in seeing. Mm -hmm. And I have to applaud them because for me, they succeeded. Mm. Because first, let me say, I am a big Michael Jackson fan, but I, I, I like a lot of people, um, was introduced through to Michael Jackson through the generation before me, my older sister right. was a huge Jackson five fan. Right. She grew up in like with them. So they meant a whole lot to her, which meant that Michael Jackson and the Jackson five were playing ad nauseum at my house growing up. That's how I was introduced to them. Uh, then I discovered like, Oh my God, the guys that are singing this song, they've got a cartoon show. <laughs> hey, they gotta be the coolest guys ever. <laughs> and, they, and on a cartoon, they got a pet snake <laughs> and mice. 
<laughs> Yo, dog. Which it doesn't seem like that combination would work out for that long. <laughs> well, maybe it's telling that this series only lasted a, a season. Nevertheless, worked for me. Right. And you never did see the snake and the, the, the mouse on tour. But I digress. Yes. So I was so I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. That being said, as my musical taste has matured, I stay a Michael Jackson fan, was, you know, a huge fan of thriller, liked bad, um, and enjoyed most of his music mm-hmm. after that. Some, you know, it's like, eh, you know, diminishing returns for right. Michael. Um, because my musical taste matured and I never felt that Michael's music matured mm-hmm. with him. Only in brief spurts. There's like, there's um, butterflies and, you know, tell the angels, no, heaven can wait. Mm-hmm. Like that sound like matru- fairly recent Michael Jackson songs. Right. Already right. 20 years old. Um, but I believe those are also songs he didn't write. Well, I know he didn't write Butterflies. Right. And, and you're maybe right about Heaven Can Wait. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that may have come. Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. But, 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 you know, still... I'll fall down this hole very easily. <laughs> but, but those were, but those were, if you listen to those songs, that's Michael Jackson, because he's probably in his 40s when he records them, right. sounding like a 40 year old man singing those songs. Right. As opposed to everything else is Michael Jackson trying to recreate. The phenomena that was thriller and bad those years, right? And with This Is It, through Michael's own announcing, this was going to be his pretty much his last tour. He's now 50 years old. Um, he was giving people, he was he wanted to give the audience, his fans, one last look at the phenomena, the spectacle that is a Michael Jackson performance. Right. And you can tell that in this film that that's what he was planning. Right. He was planning like as much as he could, he was going to try and recreate the videos of, mm-hmm. of you know, Thriller and Beat It and all of those films, uh, all of those, all of those uh, uh, hit records he's going to try to recreate them on this stage he was going to try to to get the dancing to be almost right on point um he wanted to get his phrasing and the musicology of it to sound almost as pulled lifted from the cd um with maybe a flare a a touch of flare here and there um but for the most part that's what he was trying to recreate Mm -hmm. and god bless him because if you're going to a Michael Jackson concert, 
it's what he's always giving you. Right. So that's what you're expecting. Right. And at this point in this, when this is, it is planned, he hadn't done a tour in over 20 years. So you've been missing it. Yes. There's generations that have really not seen it. That's How right. often can we replay Motown 25? That's right. You know, that's so. That's right. Live footage. Right. That's so right. So you, you, you were, you were wanting for this. Right. Even right? Prince was touring every two, three every years. Every two, three years. Yeah. Whether or not he do a stadium tour, he do a small tour. Right. Rolling Stones, they still ain't left the stage. Right. Well, I mean, that was their formula. Exactly. You know, you know? album, live album, tour. Yeah. So Michael was going to give this to you and he was pulling out all the stops yeah. with it, right? Um, and when he announced this tour, and, and I, I actually like that the movie shows his announcement of the tour. Mm-hmm. Even that is with all the pomp and circumstance that Michael can bring to it. These huge red curtains behind him, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, it, it goes without being said, visually had turned himself into a cartoon. Yeah. So he's spectacle. Right. Right. He's so, just spectacle. Right. And, yeah. and so, and that's him up on this stage announcing it, announcing that he's going to do this tour. You know, this is it, you know, the final tours, you know. Uh, the swan song. Uh, so you know what to expect. But then you watch this movie and because this is rehearsal footage, because this is footage that was one primarily to be used as kind of like just checking in on how we're doing with mm -hmm. things. And two, sure, some of it probably would have been pulled for like a, a later DVD of the concert, you know, some kind of behind the footage thing that you throw out there. But because of the nature of all that, you get a Michael Jackson that you really haven't seen mm -hmm. in almost 35, 40 years. A, you know, uh, uh, a totally um a michael jackson that is despite the cameras being there not necessarily playing to the cameras mm -hmm. a michael jackson that is on stage and is you know not bogged down by the strict choreography being a little more loose in his singing you know, being a little bit more playful with the people around him. Mm -hmm. An unguarded Michael Jackson. A Michael Jackson that is uh, not stage, not, you know, right there in front of the bright lights. This is a Michael Jackson that gets a little frustrated. Mm -hmm. This is a little Michael Jackson that gets a little bothered by things. This is a little a Michael Jackson that is, um, you know, checking some people a little mm -hmm. bit. This is a Michael Jackson that is also, um, is for the first time in a long time, really singing, mm -hmm. really being a craftsman of a of a a singer and not just you know like breathlessly saying a whole bunch of lines 
You know, he's having fun with it. He's leaning into, I just can't stop loving you. Yes. You know, besides himself. He doesn't want to, yeah. but he can't help it. And I think it's also because he's feeding off the energy of the young background singer that's singing the Sciatic Garrett's yeah. part. Uh, Judy White, I believe is her name. She's leaning into it because... This is her moment to shine. Right, right, right. So Michael's going And it's Michael Jackson. Well, I'm gonna shine right with you. Yeah. You know, and he's being fed by not just, you know, fans just ranting and raving and hooting for everything he sees. No, he's being he's being fed by the energy of the background singers and the band, all who are rooting for him invested in the success of this enterprise also a little starstruck because they're in front of michael jackson yeah but also they're like oh my god i'm chilling with michael (laughs) jackson Jackson, you know what i mean it's so it's it's all of this come together at once to make this really i think in many ways this is almost if if Michael Jackson could have written his eulogy, it would right. have been this. Yeah. This would have been it. Yeah. And because of that, this film, which I had never seen, mm-hmm. I found found myself just sitting back and for the first time ever on the Michelle Mission, watched the film twice. Wow. That's a huge compliment. Because the first time, I was just sitting there just like, did Mike just say we? Yeah. Mike just went we. Yeah. Up there in the cherry picker. Yeah. And it was genuine. Yeah. It was so genuine. It was so genuine for him to to watch him in this film. It, It took my breath away. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you... It, it like like you can't you can't separate Michael Jackson from just my life like, right. like, like like you know whether it is you know I didn't have older siblings but the Jackson Five was just omnipresent in my life much mm-hmm. like you the cartoon fan of the Jacksons yeah uh fan of the Jackson Variety Hour oh well, I forgot about you, you that. know yeah. but I, I mean you think about yeah, yeah. You, you know we were talking a little bit before we started taping mm-hmm. and you know there's a Motown show on Netflix now for for preschoolers that my three-year-old is obsessed with okay so he's walking around the house singing ABC oh, yeah there you go so there is that part of but I think I think what what kind of pulled me in initially with this film, besides everything that you said, which which you know, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit that 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 sort of unguarded nature of what you see in this film, mm-hmm. because people our age grew up with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. but Michael Jackson also grew up with us yeah we remember the jackson five we remember the 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 jackson family being on sunny and share like we remember michael jackson before he was the icon right 
So I'm always really, really interested in young people's reaction to Michael Jackson. Me too, right. And the film starts with 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 these testimonials mm-hmm. from the dancers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it there, there is there is that that you know there's the artifice there where of course okay we got to rep- you know this that and the other and old Michael Jackson but there are moments even within these canned interviews of the dancers who are doing the you know very much the um the sort of boilerplate, oh, I've waited my whole life to do right. this, this, that, and the other, where you realize that these are 23, 24, 25-year-old young dancers mm-hmm. that their entire lives have orbited around Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson, the icon. Michael Jackson, the icon. Right. Like, I never saw Motown 25 live. I saw the reruns of it. I watched clips of it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And to see them orbit around Jackson gives you an entirely new perspective. Because you do see what he is. Yeah. Not what he was, but what he is. Mm -hmm. And I think... There are I don't even know how how to how to how to call him what I want to call him pop culture presences that if you came along with them, it's very easy to underestimate what they are present tense okay to people because I take this for granted. Two things I took from this that I've always taken from this, you know, just immediately. I've seen this three or four times. One, Michael Jackson, he's a weirdo, he's this, he's that. The 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 the, the amazingly troubling allegations yeah. that have followed him most of his adulthood. That's true. The 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 the, the weirdness, the this, that, and the other. This man's talent is undeniable. Oh yeah. Like you said, these are rehearsals. These are walkthroughs. Michael Jackson says at some point in, in the in the song that you're talking about, he's singing I Just Can't Stop Loving You, where he sings more than he wants to. Right. But even with him singing more than he wants to, you get the sense maybe he's in third gear. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yep, yep. This young singer is singing her heart. And I, and I forget, what would you say her name was? Judith. Judith White. Because she was also in 20 Steps from Stardom. Yes. Singing her heart out. Michael Jackson's right there with her. Michael Jackson is at this point a 50-year-old man. Everything that we know about Michael Jackson, we know that within months of this footage being filmed, Michael Jackson will be dead. Yeah. Michael Jackson apparently had a, a, a substance abuse problem. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, all of these health issues that they talked about. This 50-some-year-old man who will be dead in a matter of months is setting the pace Yes, for these aforementioned 22, 23, 24-year-old professional dancers. Yes. That's the one thing, that this is a man who is still amazingly gifted Mm -hmm. the other thing and you touched on it and i love this is that you get to see michael jackson 
the craftsman, Michael Jackson, the perfectionist. Yes. Michael Jackson, the, you know, dare I say, taskmaster, Mm -hmm. where there is always the sense in the room that someone can lose their job at any moment. Yep. Speaking of Jackson cultural things, um, the Jackson brothers at one point had a, a, a reality show. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And, of, and of course I watched every episode. I'm sure you did. But the joke among the the, the four brothers on the show, um, Jermaine, Marlon, Jackie, and Tito, was that they would tease Tito and call him Little Joe, a okay. reference to their father, Joe Jackson, because Tito was the taskmaster. T- Tito was the drill sergeant. Okay. That was telling, you know, everybody, we need to work, we need to do this. And there was always like a little air of menace in the air. Mm. And I get that from Michael Jackson, yeah. where this is someone who was taught by Joe Jackson how to have a work ethic, how to, you know, perfectionism, but to kind of couch it in Michael Jacksonness. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of passive aggressive. You know, I mentioned it last week. It's been a running joke in my house since this documentary came out that we'll say something to somebody and say, do it for the love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, do it for the love. Mm-hmm. Do it for the love. Mm-hmm. And it is, I, I completely agree with you that this is this great unintentional document you know, I think there there are changes I would have made if I had edited. Like, like there's, in my mind, a very powerful sequence at the end where he's he's practicing Billie Jean. Okay. And again, he's not singing at full power. Right. Maybe in second gear. Mm-hmm. But they just hold that beat at the end, you know, doom, 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 and he's just dancing. Yeah. And he's just dancing. And, and again, not going all out. But you see it's Michael Jackson performing Billie Jean. And as they do do it throughout the documentary, every now and then the film pan, I mean the camera pans and you see the backup dancers. Right. Who've now become the audience. Mm-hmm. And they're just awestruck. Yep. And you realize that they are in the presence and we are in the presence of greatness. And then they... The, the scene ends and then they kind of do some schlocky and hokey, but you have those moments throughout mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that I'm, yeah, I agree with you. I, I love this documentary. Now there are aspects of the documentary because it is depicting the creation of this concert. There are aspects of the documentary that did generate an eye roll. Right. Because, you know, I don't ever have to hear Earth Song again. (laughs) But I darn sure don't need to see it performed with a bulldozer or whatever. What about the children? Uh, What about the trees? See, there is... There's an aspect to Michael, and and this definitely was on the the you know the back end of his career. Yeah, that was very schlocky. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. And not only did it show in his his music, you know, like Earth Song, 
but also in his like performances and yeah. and again i think trying to recreate thriller yeah bad you know the the phenomena is not not that not only the the songs and the albums but also the videos of those days yeah and instead of just embracing where we are in this century mike he just he just goes for like like maudlin or tripe you, you know i think I th- I think Michael Jackson was sort of like he he would not commit either way. Either you commit to I'm an ever evolving artist and I'm going to change and I'm going to incorporate new sounds and I'm going to 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 bring all of this in so that you, you know like a moment ago you mentioned butterflies and and heaven can wait both songs that I don't know about heaven can wait but butterflies famously came out of philadelphia yes marcia ambrosius wrote it came out of house of jazz you know uh, jazzy jeff's production company Mm -hmm. and the story that i've always heard was that michael jackson was cool yes about butterflies Mm -hmm. because it was more r&b it was more of of a of almost a neo soul sound mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson was always committed to pop pop. The irony of course is that pop was moving more towards R and B R and B. But I think you're right. Michael Jackson had this in his head that pop was still 1983. Like I've always said, I think beat it has aged more badly. Yes. Than any song in the 80s. Yes. But on the other hand, it's like he didn't want to go, like I would say, a, a, a Maze featuring Frankie Beverly. Okay. Route. Right. Where this this is this is my pocket. Mm-hmm. Thriller. Bad. You know, I don't know, maybe do two or three songs off of Dangerous. You know, do Remember the Time, mm-hmm. do, you know, this stuff. Get you the the, the Jackson 5. Um, Sweet. Right, right, medley. Right. And then this is just like, this is my show. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to keep going. And I think this documentary absolutely reflects that, where the most powerful moments Human nature. Yeah. His performance of human nature gives me chills yes. every time I watch it. Yes. I just mentioned Billie Jean. Mm-hmm. I think I Can't Stop Loving You works. Yeah. Smooth Criminal. Mm, okay. Like, you can, you see where they're going with Smooth Criminal. But then he does. He kind of gets kind of schlocky and, and, and yeah. you know, but. What I thought you were going to mention in that, though. I don't know where I first heard it, but years ago, some, somewhere I heard a stripped down, slow version of, and I believe it was Michael singing, The Way You Make Me Feel. The Way You Make Me Feel. Yeah. And when he does that here, 
And he, I mean, you know, he's got the whole setting, you know, the skyscraper, the scaffolding, excuse me. Um, but it's slowed down. He kind of deconstructs it. Deconstructs that yeah. bad boy. And I'm like, okay, Mike, all right, I'm with you. Where are you going to take me? Where yeah. are you going to take me? And he doesn't trust it. He doesn't trust it because he does it for like maybe, yeah, like not even a stanza before he reverts to to straight from the album. You almost wish that he would kind of tunnel down into his own material. Yeah. And do some like, like, like I don't like he never had an acoustic set. You want Michael Jackson to unplug. You want Michael Jackson. That's what you want. Unplugged. Yes. And then you could, but I think you're right. I think he had committed to this package, Mm -hmm. which, you know, to be frank, worked yes you know worked i mean we sit and kind of roll our eyes but this is what people are going to be looking for love this so yeah yeah but i think even that speaks to the various audiences that he had true true um uh there was another part of this that i thought was really cool oh when he is he's trying to pull and i can't remember the song but he's talking to the music director. Yeah. And he's trying to get him to get like this one piece, like almost like this one pause. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And 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 dude, he's 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 not getting it. Yeah. He's not necessarily messing up. Right. He's going by his own, you know, learned skills yeah. of what I Michael, I hear what you're telling me. But this is a way we can make that work. And but Michael's got a sound in his head, and yeah. he is not going to be content until he hears it. Yeah. And even then, when he walks away, he walks away. He ain't heard it yet. Right. But you got the impression, like after Michael walked away, I paid attention to the rest of the footage. Mm-hmm. Is dude still the music director? Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is. I, I think. I think Michael Jackson crafted this persona. Oh, I'm Peter Pan and right. oh, the yeah. children and the flowers. But this, you really get a sense that he is this taskmaster yeah. and this perfectionist, it's which makes sense. I mean, somebody doesn't get to be to this level without mm-hmm. that. But, you know, he's not like Prince, who, you know, part of Prince's persona. Right. Was was all of this. Or, you know, James Brown famously firing people during performances. And the difference between Prince with Prince and, and James and Michael Jackson is that Prince and James are unapologetically exactly that way. Exactly. Michael, like you say, tr- not only tries to, you know, put on the Peter Pan act, but his whole circle and his family want to perpetuate right that which is why they you know in giving their despite their own reservations Mm -hmm. signing off on this concert film said there will be contractually there will not be any imagery in this film that will depict michael in a bad light at all yeah oh yeah you know which so which is why 
you're getting the passive aggressive taskmaster of Michael. <laughs> you can only imagine what's We're going sitting to... in the vault somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it... Should I hit it harder, cream corn? Is exactly. this how hard I should hit it? I was how hard say, should I hit it, cream corn? I'm about to say. I just that episode say of Black like Dynamite, Dynamite is also a documentary. <laughs> you made me fuck up on Soul Train. Soul Train. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Have we cracked the code? Shimon! 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 You remember what I did to Shimon? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! We've cracked the code, Vince. Oh, no! Michael Jackson may have killed the guy. (laughs) (laughs) There used to be 12 backup dancers. (laughs) Now there are 11! And I can go down to 10! Black Dynamite, this is it too. <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. Well, I all I have left to say is that if you, ladies and gentlemen, have not seen Michael Jackson, this is it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a worthy watch. It is definitely a worthy watch. And I think, again, I think it works in so many different ways. I Mm -hmm. I think as a testament to his gift. Yes. And as a capstone Mm -hmm. to his career, I think it works. Yeah. Because there is a sense that that is almost a celebration. Yeah. At the, you know, you know. Obviously, he didn't know he was going to die, but there was a sense that this was the final tour. Mm-hmm. So there was a sense of finality in the way they approached the numbers and the way they talked about things. And <clears throat> you, you know, as we talked about, they they interviewed costume designers and the choreographers and stuff. And you did get the sense that this was a victory lap. Yeah. But in 2019, it really is hard to separate Michael Jackson, the artist, yeah. from Michael Jackson and the troubling allegations and yeah. you know the things that he allegedly did, which you know you may or may not believe. I tend to believe more than I don't, frankly. I'll speak for myself. Oh, really? And then you have to reconcile that like i think like i think you have to you have to rec like like i know i like i grapple with michael jackson Mm. like you have this once in a lifetime talent and then if you believe he committed these horrendous acts how do you reconcile that how do you i think it's frankly i think it's just ongoing okay i think it's just ongoing i think I think to to parrot some of of the young people, all of your faves are problematic. That's true. So I think you have to be very careful saying that, you know, oh, well, you do this and and I don't do this and I stand up. Because all of us, if you talk to us long enough, enough, have somebody. Like, it was very easy for me to never listen to R. Kelly again because I was never really an R. Kelly fan to begin with. Okay. You know, it's very easy for me. Oh, Chris Brown. I don't need to do nothing with Chris Brown. But... Like, I was never listening to any Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. 
And I think, again, societally, it's easy for like I joked at the end of last week that Michael Jackson is really the mirror. Yeah, because no one's like no one stopped anything. Not, not very long with Michael Jackson. And I think. What we just joked about, about him being a taskmaster and, and, and you know, the passive aggressive and, and you see these peaks mm-hmm. behind the armor within the context of the larger picture of Michael Jackson, you understand that this is a much more complicated person. Yeah. Then uh, Peter Pan and I didn't have a childhood and I like to play with toys and, you know, I have a merry-go-round and and people just have terrible, terrible, you you know, you you shouldn't think these things. Like there's a lot going on. Why do you think people are giving him or seemingly have given him the pass that they certainly not giving R. Kelly. I think it's the talent. A, I think it's the talent. Like, like I think, again, it is undeniable. Mm-hmm. B, I think it is difficult to be an adult in 2019 without Michael Jackson being wrapped up in your pop culture life somehow. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's in the he's in the DNA. Like he's it. in the DNA of America. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of it's sort of interesting when you see artists like Michael Jackson or or you know I've seen Madonna do it and and I, I saw Prince do it a few times before he passed where they reference like history mm-hmm. and then when they get to the eighties they reference themselves. Right. But like you're actually iconic. Like when Michael at the beginning. Michael Jackson talks about he's going to come out of almost a time suit right? where yeah, there yeah. are these television screens and they're showing all of these images and it's like the the the, the, the moon landing and, and, you know, footage from Vietnam and, and something from Ed Sullivan and then it's a quick shot of the Jackson 5 and mm-hmm. then you get to the 80s and it's the Berlin Wall falling, the Berlin Wall falling it's, and it's the MTV icon and then it's Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk at Motown 25. Like, these are legitimately iconic images. Yes. So how do you divorce yourself from that? Okay. You right. know, and I, th- I think it's it's almost impossible. I mean, you were in Disney World a few weeks ago. Michael Jackson's there. Michael Jackson. And Walt Disney was a terrible person. Like, everyone knows, like, Walt Disney was a terrible person. But how are you not going to do that? I, how much do you think it, it it is? It's easier to dismiss R. Kelly. Yes, one because of the talent. Okay, and he was not intertwined. He's like not intertwined that. in the pop in the DNA of pop culture. You know, he didn't he didn't cross over the way that right. Michael. Right, we just can't listen to "I Believe I Can Fly." Like you can't play that at kindergarten graduation anymore. Right, that's really the the repercussion of R. Kelly. Um, but how much of it is that it's it's easier to be dismissive of him, Chris Brown, because they're one black men and say for all intents and purposes, Michael Jackson has not been seen as a quote, quote, right, black, black man. That's fair for a long time. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, also, because they're 
Chris and R. Kelly's crimes were against women. True. Whom, you know, not only at this time, people are like, like super sensitive about that type of stuff and wanting to be on the right side of history in regards to that type of any story that speaks to violence or misogyny against right. women. Um, and also the victims of their crimes have always been uh, singular in their story about the crime. Right. It happened. Right. Like now some may have for, say that they forgave or whatever, chose to move on in some type of way, but they've never dismissed what happened. Right. In the stories with Michael, you have what you just said, this this guy who despite what, you know, your spider sense tingling, you don't want to believe. Right. You just don't want to uh, believe that he could have done anything that you know he's being accused of and even then because you have an inkling of his story and his upbringing you're quick to like oh but that's because right of didn't have a childhood joe jackson or what ha- what have you right then there's also the aspect that with Michael, you know, whether or not you believe some of the stories or not, there is also blame, legitimate blame to be placed on someone else. Right, right. The, the parents parent, right, right. of what the victims. Where were the parents, which is always the... Right. And you hear a version of that with R. Kelly. You hear a version of it with R. Kelly, but... I don't think you hear as much about that with R. Kelly because one, a lot of those crimes were against black girls, black right. women, black girls. Right. And, you know, people are dismissive of, you know, it was a black girl. No, she wasn't from a, a, a household. She was just a, you know, she was right, some, right, some right, black right. girl, and, some strumpet out. And, and black girls know better. Right. Right. Now I hear you. Um, That's that. That would be the argument. But, but you also hear that, you know, those were for lack of teenagers. Yeah. Whereas Michael's victims were younger, at least in the, in the beginning. And they all had terrible parents, but they all had terrible parents. Yeah. All with throughout. Um, I, I think that is a way to make ourselves feel better. And I think that's what it is too. I think it's a way for us to make our, you, you know, they, they say there's no such thing as a perfect victim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two things can be true. Like these were terrible predatory parents who basically use their children mm-hmm. as bait. Yes. To get to Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson did terrible things to these children. Allegedly. Allegedly. And, you know, again, as someone who loves art, someone who loves music, and, and, you know, I think all of us, whatever that art is, we love art, we love music, you have to kind of figure out a way. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you navigate your way through that? 
Yeah. And I think Mike, I'll say personally, Michael Jackson is my greatest challenge. Yeah. Because I don't envision a time where Michael Jackson and his art isn't a part of my life. But I also believe Michael Jackson did terrible things. And back to this documentary, within that context, I think, again, you see moments where this is somebody who is not the image that he put forth mm-hmm. with the, you, you know, again, do it for the love, but it's a little bit of Gary in that. Not to put you on the spot. Okay. Again, but okay. But stand here. Now you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, you said that your daughter is a fan of Michael Jackson. She is. How much of it? his story does she know she knows a lot of it okay she knows like she did not watch uh us, neverland leaving neverland with us but we talked about it okay and and we have talked about it before so she knows a fair amount mm-hmm. and, and she's able to process that and still enjoy to right. whatever level she does right michael jackson see that's how i feel about right. it. right that's how i feel about it I, i've processed it to the point that do I believe some ickiness happened? Yeah. yeah. I, to what level, I, I'm unsure. I'll never know. Right. Um, and I I keep it moving. I I listen to the the Michael Jackson songs that I like that I enjoy. Sure. Um, and I keep it moving. Here's a, here's a question, just to go out on a, on a on a, on a little bit of a lighter note. Four questions. Okay, okay. All right. Four questions. All right. Question your, number one. Your favorite Jacksons and or Jackson Five song. Show you the way to go from the Jacksons. Oh, that used to be mine too. Mm-hmm. That used to be mine too. That was the easy one. But mine now is um um uh uh maybe tomorrow. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh your favorite Jackson Jackson Five album. Maybe going places. Thank you. You're right there yeah, with me. I think going places. Yes. Like, like yes. You, you, you see the pattern forming. Like, I really like that Philly International. Yes. Those Philly I, International I think they're, albums. They're their best album. Yeah. So, going places is my favorite Jackson the album. Like, just just one album. Yes. One yes. album. Yeah. Going places. I mean, they're contenders. Yeah. Destiny is good. Destiny is a great album. Destiny is a great album. Um, what's the album? Where Triumph is a great Triumph. album. Triumph's not a bad you, you album. Know, the Jacksons is a great album. Yeah, but but I think if I had to pick, going places, I'd, right? Going places. Going places has has hidden gems. Oh man. yeah, different kind of lady. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Your favorite Michael Jackson song? Maybe I can't help it. Mm. From off the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That is a good one, man. That's a good one. Uh, mine is Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait is good. I I I, I break down when I, I sing that song to myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't help it. Can't help it is is a good one. Um, I think I can name your favorite Jack Michael Jackson album. Oh, Off the Wall. Right. Yeah. Is that unabashedly his best oh. album? Off the Wall is perfect. Off the Wall is actually perfect. Like, there's a parallel universe where 
he made Thriller, but Thriller did not perform as well as Off the Wall. So he went back to the Off the Wall formula. Sound, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because Off the Wall, of all of his music, is the one that has the most timeless it's 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 actually a dance album. Yes. Like off the wall is when he was actually in Studio 54. Yes. Listening to stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you know he made Thriller. Here here's what went wrong. Here's where I think Thriller Messed was quietly up. the end of Michael Jackson. Yes. Go preach it. First of all, beat it. Yes. Which was this very much artificially constructed crossover album. Yes. With this hard rock guitar and everything, which then sent him down the path Mm -hmm. of chasing the elusive crossover audience. Yes. Quietly, when we talk about Michael Jackson's downfall and how he, you, you know, fell to baser demons and this, that, and the other, I don't think we spend enough time talking about when he left and or was kicked out of the Jehovah Witnesses. Ooh. After Thriller. Ooh, right. I, I think about Michael that. Jackson, like all great artists, was a man with demons. Yeah. And I think that he is a man who struggled with demons his entire adult life. Mm-hmm. But I also get the sense that the Jehovah Witnesses, much like many people, this spiritual and religious foundation gave him a mooring. Yeah. Yeah. To a, help a center fight with those demons. Mm-hmm. And when he got kicked out of the Jehovah Witnesses or he left the Jehovah Witnesses after the thriller video, I think there's a straight line to where we end up. You know, that's there's a story there. You're right. We don't talk about it though. You're absolutely no one right. ever talks about him and the Jehovah Witnesses. Because if you fast forward, through, through, a lot of his time after that is him looking for a, some type of center again. Look, by the time you get to, I mean, really off the wall, but but certainly by the time you get to Thriller, everybody in the Jackson family is an employee of Michael Jackson. More or less, yes. Michael Jackson is not listening to anyone. Nope. But his mother. Mm-hmm. His mother is his mother. So, you know, mom. His mother and the church are the only things that when you listen to interviews and, and you watch him, that is what kind of, again, gave him that core. So, I... You know, I love thriller. You know, you love thriller. I love thriller. Everybody loves thriller. But I feel like thriller is the worst thing that happened to him. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. So do I. Because after that, everything is is a chase for it's, that. It's it, right. Exactly. The chase for that. Yeah. So it's a shame. Shame. Um, but What's yeah. your favorite? Off the wall. Oh, off the wall. All right. Off the yeah, wall yeah. is my fa- is my favorite. One of my favorite albums. He laughs on at the end of Get on the Floor. Yeah. Get on the floor. Where it goes, and it's the music at the end, and then at the very end, he comes back in, mm-hmm. and he laughs. Yes. It is the happiest Michael Jackson sounds on a recording. You will ever hear. Ne- next to Wee, 
in <laughs> this is it. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, but don't be our judge. Go no, check out no, no. Michael Jackson. This is it. Um, it is something to behold, uh, and a story to be told. Um, go check it out. Um, before we tell you what's coming up next week on the Me Show Mission, uh, I invite you to send all of your comments, your feedback, your thoughts, your concerns to MeShowMission at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Show Mission. Join the Show Mission Facebook group where we have a whole lot of fun with all of our fans there every week. We have a great time. We also invite you to follow our show as a radio show in edited form every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM. Philly Cam, people-powered media here in the city of brotherly love. And you can wake up with me show every Monday at 9 a.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM. M, the voice of Drexel University. Michelle Mission is also available as a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, the Podglomerate curated podcast for your listening ears. I also want to give you a heads up that the, the Michelle Mission will be going to Brooklyn July 13th yes for Blurred City Con the conference for the nerd in you where the Michelle Mission will be doing a very special live performance reviewing the science fiction classic Men in Black with special guest Marvel's Runaways Ryan Sands that will be Saturday July 13th uh, the time and place is to be determined, but if you go to MichaudeMission.com and go to events, you will find a link that will take you to Blurred City Con where you can get all of the information about the conference and what's going on there. Next week on the Michaud Mission, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a very special guest sitting down with us, returning guest. Yes. Music critic Toya Haynes yes. will be sitting in with us to review for Black Music Month Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Yeah. A crazy hybrid of a comedy <laughs> music concert documentary that you you have to check out and you do not want to miss Toya here next week on the Michelle Mission. Also, I want to give you the heads up. Toya, she has a podcast of her own. Yes, she does. Called The First Time I Heard. Yeah. Where she sits down with folks in the industry to talk to them about the first time that they heard favorite singers of um, from ever. She's she's it's a very cool podcast. You I'm, I I invite you all to check it out. So much so, we we Vince has checked it out. He loved it. I loved it. Yes, um, yes, yes. Pulling back the the curtain a, a little bit, I am a a bit of a producer on it. You know, I'm not. I'm, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do a little work there. You know, you know. Hey, I got the studio. I got to do things with it. You know what I mean? Um, 
But just for you, Michaud listeners, we want to give you a taste of the first time I heard. So if you check out our feed this week, you will see the first time I heard with Toya Haynes, where she sat down with Alvin Love III, Grammy award-winning producer, Alvin Love III. He produced uh, Mary Mary, The New Respects, as well as C.C. Winans, who he happens to be the son of. They sat down to talk about their love for one Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? It was a very cool conversation. You'll want to check it out. And it's right there on the Michelle Mission feed for you to check out. And if you like what you heard, go and subscribe to the first time I heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the podcatcher of your choice. It's right there for you. Okay. Okie dokie. I think that's it, Vince. All right. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.